Hello and welcome to today's episode of Dr. Simone's Mindspace. I'm super excited for today's podcast because today is actually live from LA. And um, here I'm in Zurich. Hopefully the weather is not going to be too crazy and the storm coming and raining onto me. But um, I guess weather is more stable and nice and sunny back over in, in LA. <laughs> oh, thank you, Charlotte, for taking your time to talk about your sort of emergence of yourself and the development of who you became throughout these years we've known each other and before so um the word is all yeah so i met simone i'd say a year and a half ago i was studying abroad as a junior in stockholm at dis and luckily it was right before the pandemic hit so nothing disrupted my semester but that's how simone and i met and we started a friendship and a relationship, uh, like relationship there, where she really helped me, you know, find myself again after a relationship kind of swept my identity away from me. So, kind of started. I I, I had a high school sweetheart, and I went to college, um, and was already in a codependent relationship that was long distance. So, you know. It was a new chapter of my life, but because I was wrapped up in this person, I never really got to branch out and establish my identity, myself, who I was. And, and then slowly the relationship became more unstable, more codependent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with codependence, it's really hard to, you know, even when you know it's not the right thing, it's like impossible to get out of it or to make the Uh, take the initiative and get out Um, because at this point I seemed like this was who I was and I thought without this I was nobody and then I think it was my sophomore year I suddenly um, my ex had broken up with me and I just was went into a downfall I just had a free fall of having no idea who I was uh, Mm. in a very a deep dark depression for a while and you know and going to going abroad was definitely a big leap for me right and still when I was abroad you know I should have been enjoying myself meeting new friends just engaging in self-discovery I was just still very withdrawn and very sad and then that's when I started talking to Simone and it was a very it was a pretty long process but these were the first steps of me you know rediscovering myself, reestablishing my identity and just becoming comfortable with who I am. And I remember Simone encouraged me to do yoga, which I was like, you know, what's that going to do? And amazingly, like every day I did it, you know, it was baby steps, but I left feeling happy that day. You know, maybe it just made me feel okay for a day, but that was the beginning. And, you know, it took a long time, but over, I think the course of a year with doing yoga every day, talking a little bit with Simone each week, I slowly began to feel like myself again. I slowly began to feel like, you know, I don't need another person to be full. Right. right. Um, and, you know, I started to enjoy being free. You know, I didn't feel abandoned anymore. I felt free, you know, um, And it slowly started to occur to me, you know, I can write my own story in life. And, you know, it was a long process. 
um, in addition to, you know, talking with Simone, doing yoga almost every day. I did do a little, uh, uh, I went away through a treatment program for, you know, just to help, you know, control my, not control my emotions, but regulate, you know, dig a little mm-hmm. deeper. And I think that also, you know, all these little eventually I say brought me to where I am today, where, you know, I am so proud of who I am. I am so happy being single. And, you know, I see a lot of friends, a lot of my close friends right after they get out of a long relationship, they're immediately like on Tinder or I have to jump into the next, Mm -hmm. you know, searching for, you know, a partner to validate them. And I keep saying, what do you, you know, you don't need this. You, Mm -hmm. you know, be able, you have to be able to validate yourself first and be comfortable with yourself and be happy with who you are before you go into a relationship because it's not going to work if you just rely on them for validation. And, you know, Actually. I've seen after what I've been through, I've seen friends in codependent relationships and, you know, seeing the pattern, you know, when it's not working and it, how hard it is for them to leave. In fact, last week, one of my friends finally left a codependent relationship after a year and is already on Tinder. And I'm like, no, enjoy being free. You don't need this right now. Have a relationship with yourself first, you know? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think so, what, yeah. you, what you described is, is like how it's such an intense process to work on ourselves. It's, it really oh, yeah. does take a lot of dedication and a lot of work. It's not like, oh, I became this cool, independent young woman just by being just being around no you did a lot for that you did a lot of yeah work it was a lot of dedication a lot of effort uh, a a daily consistent thing for you know over a year I Mm -hmm. and I would say it paid off um you know I just graduated from college two weeks ago um and I know I know I you know I didn't think I would get at this point that I would be, you know, years ago, I thought, oh, you know, I'll probably be going wherever after graduation, I'll probably move to wherever my ex-boyfriend or school, or basically I just expected my life to revolve around someone else immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and because it had, it had while I was in that relationship. And even when I was broken up with it's in a way it still did, you know, um, like basically this person was living in my head rent free and I had to, you know, it took so much for me to realize, no, this is my life. You know, I can do what I want now. Right. Um, and now I'm doing things that I would never have been able to do had I still been in a codependent relationship. I, uh, my senior year of high, uh, college, I started taking Japanese, which has you know, been an interest of mine for years. And, you know, I figured this is my last chance to do something that I want to do and not something that I feel like I have to do. You know, I took Spanish earlier because it's like, oh, it's, it's, it makes sense. It's practical. And it just mm-hmm. never really went anywhere with it. I was never passionate about it. I gave Jack. I remember that when I, you were having that, job, um, that Spanish course and that, you, were not you know, so into it. But I would never be able to do it if I had a relationship Japanese. holding me back. Yeah. I'm, moving when Japan um, is open. Well, I'm going to probably wait for the Olympics to die down with all the histrionics. I'm going to, next chapter of my life, 
moved to Japan, um, be there for uh, six months to a year. I'm a film major and I have had a lot of internships and um, short jobs in the industry. And now I've realized, Mm -hmm. you know, I still want to use my major, but I want to, I want to do that in Japan. And I'm just so excited that I get to write my own narrative. I'm not just following someone around, you know, like wherever mainstream goes, I'm going, yeah, I'm going where I want to go. Yeah. And I think this is so incredibly inspiring for other young women because mm-hmm. when you turn 30 or a little older you you sort of had some years of experience that you can sort of lean back onto but if you're so young then it's oftentimes that we need we we use those 20s for for exploration but not necessarily yeah. only the positive one exactly you know and that's why, you know, I'm not saying everyone should do this, but I've come up with a, not a rule, but because, um, but just kind of a guideline for myself, you know, my 20s are for me and I'm not gonna, I don't want to date my 20s, you know, I want just this, these years to be for me to find who I am because I realize, you know, not just the two years I was in that relationship, but I'd say like the year, year and a half, I was in deep mourning, you know, those were years that I lost for myself and, you know, if you, if you can find a relationship, you know, I do, I do know some people who have relationships where they are still themselves. It's very healthy and supportive and they're still growing mm-hmm. in their own way. But I hate to say it, but like, it's a very rare thing. Yeah. Um, I only know two people, you know, and that's why, like, I just don't want, I don't want anyone to stop my growth. Mm-mm. You know, if something happens to come along and it works fine but I'm not going to go out of my way to search for something mm-hmm. because I want this time to be my time. I you love know, it. I want to focus on being happy, being myself, learning about my interests, exploring Japan, developing my career. Just like, I just want to keep growing. And I just don't think for me, I don't think a relationship is going to be going to support that at this point in my life. Right. So for me, it's the singles are, yeah, my 20s are going to be the single years for me, I guess. And I'm Mm -hmm. very happy about that, you know, which is surprising because, you know, a year ago, I thought, you know, I can't, I won't like, I don't, I thought I couldn't live if I wasn't in a relationship with my ex. And it wasn't even a good relationship with Mm -hmm. crazy part. I wasn't even happy. Right. And when was no longer I was like I can't even live without him which is you know the mind-boggling part it's like how can I how can I feel like I won't be able to go on with somebody who made me so unhappy in the first place you know exactly Exactly. and I just feel like I'm you know and it took a long time took a lot of work and dedication but it was so worth breaking out of that codependence that like longing that that just like a full cycle you know of just wanting something that would make me so unhappy, but being ridiculously unhappy without it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now my life is my own. And beautiful. I just couldn't and- be happier. You know, this is honestly truly the happiest I've been mm-hmm. in years. So great. Mm-hmm. And so, so maybe for, for our listeners to sort of hear a little bit about what your recommendations and tips are, sort of how does that day look like for you? What are the things you've changed in order to make that 
you've already mentioned the yoga and the talking, mm-hmm. but what what is it like a, a Charlotte day look like? And what are the, the things you do for yourself, the treats uh-huh. for yourself? So basically like I try to like, my treats are usually things that like, you know, will benefit me, you know, like I will uh, walk into town, you know, waking up early, first of all, you know, I'm not saying everyone has to wake up early or no sleeping in, but you know, when I was really um, deep down in the trenches, you know, I would sleep in a lot. Yeah. So I think um, regulating for me was a big part of breaking out of that, you know, my daily habits. So I try to wake up consistently early every day, at least by eight, you know, nine at the latest, sometimes on a weekend on a Sunday, like 10 and no judgment to those who sleep in. Like if, if it works for you, it works for you. But I just, it just happened to be dragging me down. Um, I wake up and I have to spend a lot of time outside. Great. Nature. Being outside is huge for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I love, luckily I live in a gorgeous place where I can not far from my house. I can just walk a little bit and then have a view of the ocean the Pacific Coast Highway, the beach. Um, but then I love walking into town, you know, making a task out of things. So I have an errand mm-hmm. to do instead of just driving, get it done. I'll walk, make a walk out of it, listen to a podcast, read, mm. watch like interesting movies, interesting, read interesting books. Um, of course, exercise has really been huge for me. Right. I, you know, it's like if I exercise you know I'll be in a I'll be in a good mood all day no matter what inconvenience happens exactly mm-hmm. like if did. my car breaks down if I exercised earlier I say well that's life instead of you know I don't know mm-hmm. being like cursing and being pissed off you know it just it sets the tone for the day exercising um just you know Focusing on my interpersonal relationships, of course, mm-hmm. when I was very depressed, um, you know, you know, when I was in my deep depression after the breakup and even during the relationship, it truly impacted my relationships with my family members. It was, you know, not gentle, not loving, you know, it was just a lot of tension and, you know, focusing on repairing the relationships that matter most in your life, you know, your family. Mm-hmm. Your closest friends. And that's another thing is that um, I was thinking, and I have had friends, you know, come up, like open up to me about how they felt like, you know, they were pretty much like, you know, I prioritized my boyfriend over them for years and Mm -hmm. they felt, you know, that they had lost me. They felt they lost me. And, and I've had friends who like, I felt like I've lost to their boyfriends and, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, and I've just rethought my priorities. And now it's just here. Here it is. Like it's my family, my friends, my dogs, my career. Well, okay, above above everyone, <laughs> myself, myself. Here, let's redo that. Myself, friends, and family. You know, my nuclear family, like very close family friends, the people who I know are going to be lifers. You know, yeah, like like the friends who I know who would be bridesmaids. Those people. Um, and of course. Uh, of course, like not also my pets, you know, I, I'm a big dog person, like my career, um, my journey, 
And then, you know, if I ever have children, of course that. And then at the very bottom of the list, like I know for some people it's different, it would be a significant other. Like just for so long, I put the significant other on top of all of those things. And that's why, you know, it didn't work out. You know, my significant other came before me, my family, my friends, like my school, like focusing on my career path. You know, I just had it all reversed. And now I know, all those things, especially me, must come first. Um, and you know, just thinking about that. It's very you know. interesting because I've been actually working on another podcast for, for sort of women in a little older age um, that I'm going to talk about how it's so important to set yourself first, to put yourself mm-hmm. first and have like in your calendar that you you have this date with yourself to, to time where you oh, yeah I love I love getting lunch by myself too yeah. <laughs> that's another thing but it's a so lot of people are like what yeah. I love it yeah I love that too and it's so interesting to hear from you that the things that you know it's not only applicable for young women it's actually applicable for all women what you're talking about because this is such a typical pattern that we always put everyone else first and then in the end mm-hmm suffering from from being the ones who have no more energy and everyone around is is having the energy but not us right exactly yeah and you know and honestly like a lot of people are very shy about that my sister like every time she once tried to have lunch alone and then freaked out and left and was like crying I was like Holly or you should blur that out I did not mean to say her name oops but like you know it's it's fine eating alone it's nice it's meditative Mm -hmm. you know to take that time with yourself you know I love going to a little cafe and having a little snack or a or a matcha uh like a matcha drink or something that I love. And also when I was in Sweden, you know, when I first met Simone, that was, yeah. I did that every day. I loved just not lunch, but I love going out to dinner by myself, you know, going yeah. like exploring a new city and having, oh, I've had, a, I've had a few amazing memories where it's just me, a rooftop and a nice mm-hmm. dinner with a beautiful view. And of course I, oh. would, you know, would do these things with friends too. Yeah. But I this is actually I love doing it by myself so, occasionally so strong. Also. So mm-hmm. strong. Um, it's it's um, it's really incredible. It's really something that a lot of women should do, or a lot of men maybe too. But a lot of women should take themselves the time for themselves and and do something and and go somewhere and and enjoy just to be with themselves. But I think it's something that needs a lot of courage and a lot of strength to do. And, and a lot of people don't, a lot of women don't dare and feel entitled for it. So I think this is really something that's going to be incredibly empowering for other women to hear. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's just the thing is, it's like, I don't know. It's just, I know a lot of people are embarrassed doing it, but I don't care. You know, I was in New York a few weeks ago and I was having like some sushi and because it was like outdoor uh, seating and it wasn't one of those restaurants that it was a restaurant in Koreatown but they didn't have I know a sushi restaurant in Koreatown but um they there wasn't like those cubicles outside or was it was pretty exposed and then like there was there was like a man who came by was kind of cat calling at me and being like well, you know asking why I was eating alone and I just ignored him didn't even give him eye contact and didn't care I was just like I'm just sitting here 
enjoying my sushi, yeah, paying no heed. And it was just, you know, and I think it took a while to build up to that. But just the fact that I don't really care Brilliant. what other people think or if someone comments, that's the most yeah. freeing thing ever. Yeah. It's just not Very caring. Very woman. So inspiring, really. Yeah. Um, I, I really hope that you're going to be able to, to get to Japan very soon. And if you're going to be there, I'm going to try and make it happen to go there. If not, you must. Oh my gosh, yes. LA and see you there. Um, <laughs> can't wait for that to happen as well. But first of all, oh, I can't thank wait. you for, for taking your time and being so open and sharing your story to really of course. inspire other women you. around the world. Yeah, um, my, hey, my pleasure to share this. You know, I'm just going to say, you know, I was so deep down in, in the depths of despair that I feel like if I could climb out of that, you know, from where I was, I believe anyone can do it. Hmm. And I just want to help people do that. You know, even when I see friends in similar situations, all I want is to just, you know, help them out, but also be patient, you know. Right. It, it can't happen overnight, you know, and I heard this one really good metaphor. I was listening to this podcast about a really bad, um, it's like, you know, these people could call in and report their problems and, you know, the podcast hosts were like, why don't you just leave or break up with them? And the other one says, you realize that asking her to do that, it's like telling someone to do a backflip on their first day at the gym. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's such a good, that's a really good metaphor. Yeah. And also that's it's true, not just for leaving a codependent relationship, but it's also true for getting over it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like being happy, being confident again, moving on, moving on, just like, like it's like a snap of the finger, yeah. you know, like I don't, it didn't work for me that way. And I couldn't understand why, but after hearing that, I was like, if only I had heard that, mm-hmm. like, before you know I would have had a lot more patience with myself you know yeah it's like doing a backflip at the first day of the gym I thought that was so funny but I just yeah. want people to remember that and you know you Very can you can do it you know yeah it's possible yeah hey thank you thank and, you so um, much for continuation yeah yeah great let's talk to you soon thank talk you so much you. for having Bye. me thank you take care